Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Between the Horns. Miles Simmons with me is DeMarco Farr. It is 11.20 a.m. Pacific Time, May 2nd. Almost May 4th. Really? Almost May the 4th be with you. Almost May the 4th be with you. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> May 2nd, isn't it? It's May 2nd. Okay, it's almost May 3rd. It's almost May 3rd, but it's almost so May So it's 4th. almost May 4th. I got you. Okay. Yes. And the 5th and the 6th. We both have an appreciation. It's almost June. It is almost June. <laughs> we both have an appreciation for Star Wars Day yes. in, uh, on this podcast. Big anyway, time. Good to be back with you guys. Um, if you missed the last podcast where we went through pick by pick, through the entire NFL draft for the Los Angeles Rams. I got 11 players. That was a good podcast. I feel yeah. like you should go back and listen to that. We are going to talk a little bit more draft today, as well as some other topics as it relates to the Los Angeles Rams and maybe some other random things that we yeah. decided to talk about. Now that about. we're through the process of selecting, now we know who they are and yes. how do they fit on this football team. So I guess we'll, we'll attack that. You looked really tired after the draft. That really? was That was a crazy process when you think... A team really doesn't have a first-rounder. It should be a little bit easier, but it was almost harder. Well, I think it was yeah. harder in the in the fact that you had 11 picks to cover 10 of them in one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and there were trades going on and all these different things. Um, and being sitting in the draft room and trying to document things, you know, note by note, um, and obviously there's going to be this series that we have on the Rams.com inside the draft room. You can read all about what was going on in there from my perspective since I was sitting in there. Um, but I guess just trying to take down notes of every little thing that was going wow. on in there. There's a lot. Yeah. Right. There's <laughs> a lot of moving parts. And so not only that, but, you know, trying to communicate to our teams, yeah. uh, okay, this is who the pick is probably going to be. Ah. It might be this guy. Then yeah. it was, right. oh, no, we traded. And then it's, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know exactly what we're getting back yet, but right. I'm trying to figure this out. So it was, I guess from that perspective, yeah, it was kind of a tiring process. So if Les Need and Sean McVay spun around and said, Miles, what do you think of this guy? Would you be honest? I, I, <laughs> would you tell them all, exactly how you feel about the athlete or would you lie? Would you tell them what, you, what they wanted to hear? Well, I, I wouldn't know the answer. Oh, okay, if all, you did. If I did, I mean, like, first of all, why would they do that? I'm just, you know, just, I know you're, I know you're going through a hypothetical. Maybe they situation. needed your opinion at the time. What in the maybe world? Maybe you were the tiebreaker. I would maybe, not. Maybe it was 50-50 and you were the tiebreaker. You know Miles, many, what do you think? <laughs> you know how many scouts, <laughs> personnel, people, right, directors. Of There's a finite things, number, and it might be equal. What if it's like 50-50 and you needed to be the tiebreaker? Then I believe that the general manager would probably trust oh. his own instincts. Like, rather Miles, than... what do you think of Joseph Noteboom? We're going to pick him. You got 10 seconds. I'm in. I... <laughs> <laughs> That's the yes. safe answer. Right? See, yes, exactly. As we mentioned on the last yeah. podcast, our disembodied voice, right. Matt, is a TCU alumnus. Go Frogs. Wow. Yes, so Matt, you were very happy. Good player, man. The, uh, very, very good player. I hope you can replace him at TCU. I mean, I hope you got a good left tackle. I hope so, too. Yeah. I hope we, I don't know, we lost our quarterback, too. We lost a lot, so it's going to be a interesting year. That's what happens. Yeah. 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 Was, good pick. I will say this. At one point, um, Lesney did come up to me and he was like, hey man, what do you think? Were like, you nervous? Having fun? <laughs> I, it was, I don't know if I was nervous. No, I wouldn't say I was nervous. Okay, good. Because I, it, was, it wasn't, he didn't approach me like, what are you doing in here? Get out. It was like, hey, Miles. That was scary. 
Uh, and that, I don't. That think... was scary. Whatever that was was scary. <laughs> That's my uh, my. That's you on stage. I am powerful. Yes. And... <laughs> I am powerful. But... I am powerful, and I'm going to bully you in I like some it. way. All right. That, that's what that is. Let's get to football now. Yeah. You're no, scaring me. I was. Yeah, I was talking about football. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, uh, good draft, man. Yeah. I mean, just it, and I think that Joseph Noteboom kind of said what we said when they asked him about. Andrew Whitworth, I'm going to soak up as much knowledge as I can yes. from him. Yes, he did. That, that's the exact right approach. Everything he does, and not just on the field. It could be what he eats, when he eats, when he works out, how he works out. Uh, because I'm sure Andrew Whitworth now is not Andrew Whitworth when he was a rookie and how he works out. So there's going to be some pearls of wisdom that he can just, you know, help a, a young kid out. Uh, I could jumpstart your career from one to five if you just do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. It's like you're talking to yourself. That's what happens when you draft kids this late, uh, it, this late in your career that are playing your position. It's like you see yourself come through the door. It's, mm -hmm. it's odd in professional football. And is that a good thing sometimes or a bad thing? It's a good thing for him because I think Witt knows what's up. He's going to play. He's the guy. And there's a lot left for him to do, but, I mean, he's not going to be in the league that much longer. So right. uh, now five, six, seven years ago, if you've done this, now it's all competition. I've got nothing to say to you. Mm -hmm. You're trying to take my job. You're trying to take food off my table. Now it's a little bit different. You might want to help some of these guys on the way out. Right. Uh, there's a difference, I think, in the way Whitworth might approach this versus the way Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh might approach the, the way things are going on. Do you, do you see what Roethlisberger said? Oh, yeah. Yeah, if he's going to be the guy, it's not going to be for a while. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's nice <laughs> of Ben to say, but actually Ben doesn't make that choice. This is true. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, the Steelers could have other plans. The Steelers could have other yeah. plans. Father Time could have other plans. True. Father Time is also undefeated. But if I was a coach, if I was Mike Tomlin, that's the exact right answer. Of, of my athlete. Yes. Uh, if I'm putting competition around him, I want that to come out. Yes. Yeah, I, I want him to let people know it's not going to be easy to supplant me as the starter. Yeah, the, well, I saw a really funny tweet um, from Steelers Depot yesterday after that uh, that that whole thing with Ben Roethlisberger came out. And you know um, Wolf of Wall Street, yes? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Basically, so he just tweeted the quote from Leo DiCaprio, a.k.a. Jordan Belfort, in the movie where he's standing up there and he's like, I'm not leaving! Right, that's I'm not him. leaving, leaving! That's yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. right, right. That's what Ben Roethlisberger was we'll essentially see. doing in that. We'll moment. see, but that's that's the exact right approach. So, I mean, you don't want to hand somebody your job. No, never. Yeah, yeah. But especially at that position, which I mean, by all accounts, is the most difficult position in sports and the most important position. In sports. It used to bother me when guys never welcomed competition. Like they could, they had so much sway with the football team that they can actually influence a draft. That bothered me. Like, don't draft another running back or don't yeah. draft another receiver. I won't like it. Well, I don't care what you don't like. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm going to draft the guys I want to put on this football team, and you're going to have to compete. May the best man win. Right. And, I mean, I, I think, though, that there's a difference between, say, if the Rams would have used their first-round pick and not gone gut and gotten Brandon Cooks, but, say, if they used their first-round pick on a running back. Okay. If they had been If the they ones, chose Barkley. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, or and as the case may be, the guy at San Diego State. Penny, oh, Penny. Yeah, yeah. Would have been more in that draft range, even though the Seahawks selected him at 18. I'm well aware of that. But go I know with what you mean. Here. Yeah, I got you. Right. So there's a difference between the Rams doing that and say drafting John Kelly in the sixth round. Right. I mean, a Todd Gurley is still a potential MVP candidate. Mm -hmm. Right. A and even if you bring in somebody like Penny, I don't know that that would change. I hope it wouldn't. 
Why, right. How does that change Todd Gurley? How I does that change athlete A, who's the starter? Right. No matter who they draft, yes. he's still going to have to beat you out. Unless it's one of those situations where you're drafted and you become the starter, no matter what the guy did last year. Now, that's different. That's a different sort of NFL, and that does happen. It does happen, yeah. but I don't think that would usually happen with you know the runner-up and MVP yeah. plus exactly. offensive player of the year. Right, yes. and if they're drafting your position that high, then chances are you weren't that good a season ago anyway. Exactly. Yeah, so unless, that's how that goes. Unless it's kind of a situation where you, know, you already have a guy like Michael Brockers, and then you draft somebody like Aaron Donald. And they play two different positions, but they kind of play the same position. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. See, that's one of the things I'm talking about. That's more competition, except running back, quarterback. I mean, only one plays at a time. Yes, exactly. You got four D linemen at a time. So if not my spot, then somebody else's spot is wide open. That's what I used to think, at least, if they drafted a tackle. It's not going to be mine. Mm -hmm. You know, there's other positions, other guys you can chase (laughs) down, but it's not going to be mine. Yeah, that's how it went. Because it just elevated your game at Absolutely. that point. Absolutely, yeah. And if they did draft in your room, uh, your unit, defensive line, receiver, whatever, I mean, that should light a fire under you. They're looking to replace somebody. Make sure it's not you. When you came in, what was the attitude from you going into it? Uh, because you were ostensibly that person coming in trying to take somebody's job. Well, I mean, the established guys, uh, the starters, I don't think there was a threat because, I mean, you're rookies, you're coming in. I mean, some of these guys had made, you know, the all-pro list before, so there's no threat there. But the backups, I mean, they knew what we were there for. One of you guys or all four of you guys are going home. Yeah. Uh, As rookies, we're coming to take reps. We're coming to take jobs. So, it gets pretty competitive. Uh, no one wants to help you early, especially on that side of the ball in your room because um, you're competing. But once you make the team or it, it's obvious you're going to be here, then things change. Mm-hmm. You become teammates with the guys th- that you're with. But at first, I mean, look, you're, you're trying to steal food off their table. And then the next year when you're the guy, they're going to draft four guys behind you to do the exact same thing. So it's the high-performance business. We talk about it, man. It's to get drafted, to make the league. That's the easy part. The hard part is staying. That's like anything. Because yes. it doesn't change. Yeah, right. yeah. It's the high-performance business. Right. And so I guess what is just, it's fascinating to me because this is this type of year where now we're going to see the draft picks come in. We're going to see the UDFAs come in. And that list should be out, um, the full list of the Rams' free agent signings in the next few days. We'll, we'll see exactly when that comes down. But... I, I just find it very fascinating, especially now because of the way the CBA has changed the rules, mm-hmm. how guys have to come in and compete and how it's almost more of a mental thing right now that they have to do and that they have to learn before training camp where it was not necessarily that way when you were coming in the league. Well, I, I do like the the mental. I mean, you it's more of a mental game now as far as preparation is concerned I mean I I have an affinity for the physical I mean actually going out there no and and repping and really working in pads but that takes a physical toll it takes years off your career and possibly your life that's just the way it goes so we're getting safer that way so I like the mental approach the problem is I mean the margin for error is thin oh yeah I mean you don't have practice after practice to make up for one mistake in a game or in practice. I mean, it's either you make it or they're going to get somebody else. Now, this is where it gets kind of, you know, touchy with other people is, let's say, for instance, it's Joseph Noteboom. Here's a guy they're making an investment in. You are the Rams, essentially, their first-round pick. You're the first guy drafted this year. So they're invested in developing that guy. So he's going to get some breaks that other guys won't get. So if he makes a mistake, he's going to get coached. And he's going to have the, I, I guess, the time to get better. Other guys... 
this is it for you, man. If you make a mistake on this rep, you're not getting another one today and possibly the rest of camp. That's just the way it is with drafted guys and undrafted guys or guys that are expected to be franchise-type guys versus guys that are just fighting for a roster spot. What was it like for you when you first came in? What what were those days like? Because, and we can talk more about this. I mean, the Rams just started phase two of mm-hmm. the offseason program on Monday. Basically, what that means is... All right, so there are three phases. I don't know how familiar people are with this. But the first phase is basically classroom work where they can kind of introduce schemes and, and different going, things like that. That's big on this football team. Yes, that absolutely. That is huge on this football you, team. You have to take, as McVay says all the time, the above-the-neck approach and mm-hmm. however that is going to work. You know, you yeah. have to be able to make sure you're on your P's and Q's. Can I ask that. TCU guy a question? TCU Hit, man? Um, Note Boom is an academic All-American, right? Yeah. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of that. Well, they had like, what, six? Yeah. And yes. Pretty, most of the guys they drafted were... Either team captains or academic All-Americans. And, you're going to have to be able to think. Yes, and guys who had, had made a lot of starts at their positions, mm-hmm. and they went to the Senior Bowl. Like These are things that are now really starting to become common themes yeah. with a less-need dra- less Sean McVay draft. Not to get too far ahead, but that's why I like Micah Kaiser. Uh, uh, that guy's played a lot of football, mm-hmm. had a lot of success, so he's you can plug him in right away. So anyway, go back to your point. Yes, he's Sorry. a tackling machine. Yes. No, um, but the the, the offseason, it's now split up into three phases, mm-hmm. right? Phase one, classroom work. You can do strength and conditioning work on the field, but with only the strength and conditioning coaches. So Which head coach. Me. No, because it's Ted Rath. Oh, my God. I need somebody else out there with Coach Rath, man. Somebody's got to tell him when it's over. Ted Rath did walk past us as we were doing the last podcast, and I think you said this on the air. Like, do you ever do anything slow? Nope. Nothing. As he... You should see him when he takes the field. Oh, uh, yeah. On I, game day. Oh, I mean, we, we get it on film. Yeah. Like, if you ever watched any of those Inside the Games, what do we call them? Was it Inside the Games? Sounds of the, uh, sounds sounds of the, the Game. game. Okay, yeah. Gracious. Is I he should... always on the screen when they're coming out? Well, they they I mean, used to be Inside the Game, if that makes you feel better, a couple oh. years ago. So it, oh, that's where I'm, you got that okay. from. Okay, it was Inside the Game back when I was help writing, helping write it with another person. Yeah, with like the narration and stuff. Yes. J- just the, the boom and stuff last year is Sounds of the Game. All right, oh. Sounds of the Game. Cool. My fault. Now I'm, we got that figured out. I'm in out. the way back machine. Branding. That's all right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yes, but yeah, I mean, when you, sometimes, you know, you see Ted Rath on <laughs> screen and it's, woo! Oh, yeah. Like, no one ever Rick listens to the Get Back Coach. You know what the Get Back Coach is, right? Yes, yeah, the guy Get that Back, talk, get off back the sideline. Except like, this guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, the, he he keeps the cleanest sideline I've ever seen in my life. Oh, you'd listen to him? Oh, yeah, you have no choice. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's booming from sideline to sideline. But anyway, go ahead. Yes. yes. So they get, the players get to work with him in phase one on the field. No head coach, no offensive coordinator, no position coaches. Mm-hmm. You, you better stay off the field. That is a very verboten thing to do at this point. So, yeah, I know. Don't make the face. No. Verboten? Yeah. <sighs> Anyway, yeah, go ahead. I, I know. All right, phase two. So that's what the Rams <laughs> just started on Monday. So now coaches get to be out on the field with players. So you're starting to take what you learned in the classroom and implement it there, there out on the field. But only offense and defense can be on the field separately. Can't touch. Right. right. Can't touch. You can't go one-on-one against each other. Like, players can't even really line up as defensive players if you're on offense. You can't be really offensive players if you're on defense. It's got to be things against air. Good. So that's where the Rams are right now. 
third phase is then the OTAs. That's where everybody talks about, you know, the OTA practices and mini camp that comes at the end. That's in phase three. So that's when you do start to get um, coaches as well on the field, and then you can have offense go against defense, yeah. seven on seven, 11 on 11, those types of things. You've seen Braveheart, right? I've not seen Braveheart. How can I have a conversation with him? Have you seen Braveheart? No. Oh my oh. God, what is wrong with you people? Anyway, okay. war movies where you have soldiers on one side and then they all meet in the middle and they, you know, collide. Yeah. That's like phase three. That's you where I was going with it. You could have gone Jeez. to any number of different places for Game that Game of Thrones, analogy. would that help you? Yes, okay. Game of Thrones would have worked. I forgot who I'm talking Black to. Black Panther would have worked, I guess. Um, well, it doesn't else? really have the scene I'm looking for. Uh, the newest Avengers movie, that well, would have worked. Well, people haven't seen it yet. Maybe not, uh, but see, they should have. Spoiler alert. You're anyway. Almost, you're almost getting into the point where, like, if you haven't four, seen the you're Avengers four days movie. in. If you didn't see, it's the highest grossing movie, basically, of all time in the first weekend. You're four days in. Give people a chance. Especially parents. Gosh. I'm not Thank a you. I have no. Exactly. <laughs> we can't go to the movies when we want to. Anyway. You went and saw it. I snuck out. Of course I did. <laughs> Did I just admit that? I, okay. Yeah, I guess you did. Anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So basically, I say all that to say, like, these things now are set up mm -hmm. very differently than when you were playing. Yes. So what was your first spring, or what were your first few oh, springs like God, the f as I remember. an NFL player? Okay, turning pro for the first time. I remember signing the contract. I was happy. It was a big deal. Um, for me. Yeah. I am now a professional. Obviously. I, I, didn't, I didn't make the team, but signing the contract, I am now a pro. Yes. That was cool. Uh, but the, the lasting memory of my rookie year from, like you said, the process now mm -hmm. was, by God, please don't let Jackie Slater touch me. <laughs> I'm, I, and I'm not kidding. I don't want to get anywhere near Jackie Slater because <laughs> his teammates, the guys that have been with him for two, three, four years, were afraid of him. Yeah. Uh, they were afraid. Don't make Jackie mad. This is what they just don't make him mad. If he blows a snot rocket at you, get out of the way. Ooh. And he will. I mean, if he starts making these noises, like when he's lining up, that means he's not happy. Stay away. Yeah. So that was all in my mind. But, I mean, once you got past that and you had the play, it was, hey, look, man, I only got, I only came to camp with a toothbrush. Mm -hmm. I'm not going home. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to make this team. So yeah. just uh, just getting over the the, the wide-eyed wonder of the NFL. Yeah. That the first couple of days. Because you're going to be in shock. You're going to be like, wow, this is the pros. These guys are huge. I know that guy. I have his poster in my room. But then once you see the, the center put his hand on the football, it's just ball. Yeah. He's trying to block me. I'm trying to beat him. And away we go. It's interesting. I mean, players always say that. You know, I've been playing football my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I understand what football is. So, you know, now that I'm going into this, it's not necessarily that different. But, I mean, even... In that time, like, did you feel like, oh man, like, no, this is the pros? Yeah, I mean, day one, uh, it's 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 either lack of rule enforcement, you know, especially for my position, D tackles. You can ask Aaron Donald about this. It seems like they let the guys hold at this level. Like, you're not going to call that, and the refs like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not going to call that. Uh, or the strength, uh, real man strength. I mean, there's college strength when you. Play a fifth-year senior. I mean, he might be older, and he's been in the weight room a little bit longer, and he's really, really freaking strong. Yeah. But you're talking about a guy that's been in the NFL for eight, ten years. This yeah. is all he does. This yeah. is a different level of strength and technique. Yes. Yeah. So that stuff is is eye-opening. Like, wow, he got to that point fast. Mm -hmm. Or this really out-of-shape-looking guy is actually faster than you think. And these running backs. Uh, when you start to see professional running backs just – 
go by you and all you catch is a vapor trail. Like, man, I thought I was in my gap. I thought I was playing that right. No, you're not playing that fast enough. This is the NFL. This is how it goes. So you have to take your game up a notch. Some guys can't do that. Mm-hmm. If you don't have it or if you're if you're phony, <laughs> you know, if, if, you're, if you just lucked up and got to this point, whoever, maybe you have the body dimensions to be an NFL player, but you just don't have the game. Sure. You know, but you have to raise your game up each and every day just to stay here. Right. And I mean, just to stay on the practice field, let alone play games. Right. Yeah. I, I just, I find it so fascinating. I mean, it's not something that I will ever get to experience. And so, like, I think your insight on that is just super valuable. Um, the first time I actually played Randy Moss, this is a trip. We're getting ready to play him. And, you know, you think you have a hold or a handle on who plays what and how. Yeah. But when you see a guy like Randy Moss that's that tall, that fast, and can jump higher than anybody that's on the field, and he raises his hand after one step as in he's open. <laughs> yes. That's scary. That's the <laughs> league. Yeah. One step and you're open, and he's right most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a trip, yeah. And Randy Moss, he's basically like the prototypical video game player. Like yeah. he would put up video game stats, especially that year that he was with Brady in 07. Oh yeah. And after what the, the Patriots were traded what a four and a six yeah. to acquire Randy Moss from a the steal. Oakland Raiders. Oh yeah. That's as big of a steal as there's ever been, maybe until Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, one uh, of the, the best draft. plays that sticks out in my head was the Rams went to New England for a preseason game, right? So they're just warming up. Tom Brady drops back on a seven-step drop, and Randy Moss is going on a go-route. Yeah. Tom Brady throws it as far as he can. Randy Moss hadn't looked back for the ball yet, and it's traveling in the air. The crowd's watching it. The crowd's getting excited because if he catches it, he's either on a one or it's a touchdown. Yeah. The ball's about three yards from him, and he still hadn't looked back for it. He's <laughs> just running straight ahead. Right as the ball gets to his shoulder, he looks, catches it, touchdown. Just like that. I mean, I'm like, this is crazy. That's this should be illegal. So, like, if you're, because if you're a cornerback and yeah. he's not looking back, for you the have ball, no, you, you have no clue. You've got no chance. You're just trying to keep up with him. Yeah. And he's not looking back, so you have no idea where the ball is. Right. By the time he looks back, it's on his shoulder. All you can do is pat him on the butt and say, "Good route." Yeah. Yeah. That's Randy. And Moss. hope you don't get fired by the time you get back to the bench. <laughs> that's exactly that. No, that's Randy Moss. That's so fascinating to me too. I mean, as I use the word fascinating now in the last. That's twice. Five, that's okay. Yeah. You got one more. Okay. All right, and then it'll be a fine. Then um, you have to punt. Yeah, I know. Um, no, what I was gonna say about Randy Moss, I was watching a few weeks ago just highlights of his. Uh, there was for some reason must have been his <laughs> birthday or whatnot. His highlights got on Facebook, and it was just oh, yeah. eight straight minutes of just Randy Moss plays. And I don't know, my football consciousness probably began in 1999. Okay. When the Browns came back to Cleveland. Yeah. And so, like, we that's beat when. Them I, yeah. I in 99. Yes. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. If you were conscious then, then you would know. I know. Well, I've watched we you play. Not out of you guys. Uh, yeah. You had Tim Couch at quarterback. Everybody did, <laughs> except for New Orleans. That's right, right. I'll never forget when the Ra- the Rams, the Browns beat New Orleans. It was, I think, Halloween. Yeah. On um, whatever week that was. You would probably know better than me. Yeah. Okay. In nine. Go ahead. Um, but Tim Couch threw a Hail Mary to Kevin Johnson. And they, he caught it, I think, in the front right corner of the end zone if you're the offense looking at it. 
and that was the Browns' first win since nice. they had been back oh, in 1999. Wow. I don't remember and that they, at all. Well, you wouldn't remember no, that. I don't you remember were, that you were probably otherwise I was, I was engaged. Busy. I, was, I was a little busy. Yeah, then. you were a yeah, little yeah. busy that day, yeah. probably beating the snot out of somebody <laughs> like you guys did many times in 99. That was uh, but a fun yeah, game. That yeah. was one, and then the other one, uh, they beat the Steelers. Um, Phil Dawson hit a oh, field goal. Oh, that I remember because yeah. they beat the Steelers. Yeah. That was a big deal. That was a big yeah, deal. Yeah, that was on SportsCenter a lot. Yes, it was. It was. So those are the two wins that I remember. But anyway, Randy Moss being that kind of player, yeah. you know, like I knew who Randy Moss was, and you know, you know who Dante Culpepper is with the when he does the rolling thing when he hits right, right. the um, Randy Moss and deep pass. But I don't think I really got a real appreciation for how good Randy Moss was until he got to the Patriots in 07. And at that point, I was kind of just rooting for the Patriots because I wanted to see an undefeated season. Uh, you know, I did too, and uh, but I was actually rooting against them. You know, I when they to see, got to the Super Bowl, I wanted to see Eli kind of, you know, derail that just for fun. Yeah, the Patriots fans were getting a little, you know, getting a little Boston obnoxious, a little obnoxious. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. as so, they still are yeah. in Boston. So Sorry. as they say, the the Giants saved the world. Yeah, <laughs> good for them. I don't know if they really did. I mean, the Patriots have still won like well, five at least, championships at least with Bill Check and Brady. They don't have an undefeated season. That's true. Because the '72 like, Dolphins got annoying. Aren't they still? The, all that toasting? Yeah. I mean, for that reason, I wanted them to have the undefeated season just to stop the 72 Dolphins. But then I'm thinking, I don't want New England having this at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We it would still, never end. You know what? You're right. We yeah. still would be hearing about it. I'd rather have the 72 Dolphins still doing it. Do you see the uh, 30 for 30 of the two Bills that they had with Bill Belichick and Bill Parcells? I haven't finished it, but I've seen most of it. Yes, it is fascinating. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's really, 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 really interesting. Yes. And it makes sense. Some, I think JB put that out on Twitter or somebody did. If, if you could pick any coach in history right now to take on Belichick, like who would you pick? And easy, Parcells. I guess, yeah. yeah. He trained the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mentor, mentee. Absolutely. I, I would pick Parcells but in a heartbeat. I think you would have to say, though, that Belichick has surpassed Parcells on that scale. Yes. I wouldn't say it in Parcells' presence. <laughs> Maybe not, but <laughs> Belichick has more rings. Okay. Belichick's won five Super Bowls and he's been... Eli's got more rings than Peyton. Well, no. They're even No, now. they have even. They're equal they're now. They're equal. Okay. So wouldn't it have I'll, been fun maybe to see um, Eli and Peyton go in a Super Bowl against one another? Desired. Yeah. I couldn't. The, the the other matchup I want outside of the Rams making the Super Bowl is I want Rogers Brady. Rogers Brady or Breeze Brady? Definitely Rogers. I would rather see Rogers for all the I marbles. Love Aaron yeah, whoever has the ball last wins. Yeah. The point I was coming to in that two Bills documentary, um, and I don't know why I was coming to this, but the oh the undefeated season Patriots get it got it. Randy Moss. I'm trying to connect the dots of okay. like how my mind just made this loop. But anyway, like a little verbose. A little. Just throwing it out there. Anyway, I mean, go ahead. Matt, you want to jump in here? No, I stick with little words. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun podcast so far. Belittling my Pac-10 education. Nobody was doing that. <laughs> That's what I felt. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, we know it's Pac-10. See, that means Demarco's old. Because it's Pac-12 now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. As what I was going to say about the undefeated season and everything, um, Bill Belichick, as they they went into like the Giants' trophy room, they were at um, oh, yeah. MetLife Stadium. Yeah. And so he said, Bill Belichick says to Bill Parcells, "Oh, these are the ones. These are the two Lombardis we won together. These are the two they beat us or they took from us or something like wow. that." Wow. Yeah. That's that's the right way to think. Yeah. 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 
Oh, yeah. You know, a, a lot of teams we beat that year in 99, I mean, there's two in particular that won't let it go. But one got a Super Bowl, I think, two years after. That was Tampa. Some of those okay. guys couldn't let it go. Who? What do you mean some of those guys? Some, some of, of those who? guys on that team couldn't on, let it go. On the Tampa team? On the Tampa team. They couldn't accept that we beat them. Really? Because they thought it was their Lombardi. Uh, and I, I can't disagree because we thought it was ours too. Okay, that's, yeah. That's what happens when you get to the top of you know the, the playoff matchups. Right, All yes. those teams feel like they, they've earned that Lombardi. Yes. Uh, Minnesota couldn't let it go. And they still can't let it go. Yeah, they still think they were the better team. I mean, how do you argue that? Oh, we were better than you. Well, wait a minute. I mean, See, like you, yeah, we got, but we got this. Yeah, right, right here. Like, right, yeah, okay. Like ring. Yeah. Like I have this. It's nice like to think don't. that way, yeah. but, you know. I, I have the proof. Yes, I'm going to go kiss Vince before I go to bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every night. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. Shut up, TCU. I don't have, a, I don't have this. Oh. So, or this. Stay tuned. So. Yeah. Golf keeps getting better. Yeah, we'll see. Look out now. Yeah, what a good segue into yeah. getting back into the two the twenty eighteen Los Angeles Rams. That's the sobering thing when people ask me about the draft picks and Dominican Sue, Akeem Talib, Peterson, anything, even Todd Gurley. It goes back to Goff. Yes, uh, that's that's where your focus should be. Um, his improvement. If he improves, everybody improves. Well, I mean, it's what we talk about, right? It, it is the most important position in sports, and there's reason for that. The quarterback has his hands on the ball every single play, and it's it is vital for that guy to know exactly what is going on around him, mm -hmm. so that everybody else can succeed. I mean, you can have the best wide receiver in the world, and if the, the quarterback can't get the ball to him, it's not going to matter. Right. You know, if the, the if the quarterback can't hand off the ball to Todd Gurley or get the ball to Todd Gurley on a screen, it doesn't necessarily matter how good Todd Gurley is. If your play fakes suck, it doesn't matter what you do. Yes. Yeah, the defense is going to key in on you. So all that stuff has to get better. The better he gets, the better this team gets. Um, the more primetime games you get. So you have five this year. Yes. That proves how good he was last year. So. Mm -hmm. Keep improving. Um, your profile only goes up. I don't think we talked about the schedule very much at all. We haven't, no. Yeah, what did you think of the schedule when it came out? Uh, I'm excited for this team. I'm excited for the fan base. Yeah. Uh, for the teams that are coming to town. Um, for the, the, the road trips that you don't have to take when you think about last season. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Man, I mean, I don't want to say it was brutal because we didn't play. Right. We didn't get to these cities and have to play football on, on game day, but... That's a lot of miles, man. No, it is. Yeah. And, I mean, that that's the, the beauty of what this schedule is this year when you face the AFC West and you're, yeah. only going, and you're doing the NFC North. But, you know, the, the NFC North is better than maybe the AFC North in terms of travel because you have to go to Chicago and Detroit. Those are four-hour flights, maybe four and a half. And depending on when you get them, could right. be cold. It, yes, yeah. true. But it's not like, you know, say Baltimore – where right. we're going for the preseason, but if you're in the middle of the regular season and you're only going there for a couple of days, that's what, five and a half, six hour that's flight. A lot, it's a long way. Yeah, right. yeah. it's you know, challenging for coaches and players. Right, Pittsburgh is further away. Right. Cleveland is even further away. We go to both of those places next year um, in 2019, Pittsburgh and Cleveland. But I think just from the standpoint of, like you're saying, you don't have to go to Jacksonville, stay there for a few more days. Head to London. Go to London, Play a few days later, come, to, come back, back to LA, have and then a go bye to New York. week, and then go to New York. Yes, yes, exactly. Just the the travel is much much more manageable. This Can I ask season. you one question? When you think of that New York game, what comes to mind? Um, Robert Woods fifty two yard touchdown, third and thirty three, and he scores. <laughs> third and thirty three. Yeah, 
and he scores he scored. from 53 yards out. Yeah. Everybody's fired. <laughs> well, Everybody's did. fired. <laughs> Just bypass the locker room, head on out the door, <laughs> keep the pads, do we'll not, order new ones. It's Monopoly. Yes. You, know, do not pass, you have go. sullied those pads. Keep them. <laughs> Third and 33, and he scores. I remember that coach's show. That's all I said to Sean McVay. Third and 33? Really? Really? What did, did, not that you should necessarily say this, but what was Sean McVay's facial reaction like? He just kept smiling. He knows. When you said it to him off the air. Third and 33, a screen that goes for a touchdown. (laughs) I mean, that's how you know what's going right. Yeah. yeah, that's how you know it's gonna. You, your season is setting up to be special. Yes. Yeah. And that was only one of like many <laughs> touchdowns in that game. Oh yeah. But that was that was a pretty special game. Well, that's when I really got to figure out or understand his approach to football, and I love it. And I told this uh, to some guys I used to play with, um, masters of offense. Mm-hmm. They're really masters of defense. Mm. They they really have a great understanding of what we're trying to do on the defensive side of the football. So right. that's what makes them great. They're great athletes. They can throw. They can run. They're fast. They can make people miss, all that stuff. That's that's different. That's separate. That's individual. But what they are is they can think with the defense. They understand what they're trying to do and what their concepts are and when you're trying to cheat. So if you're not playing this coverage or this alignment correctly, he's going to make you pay. Yeah. And that's what I kept seeing throughout the year. Yeah. If you you'll see guys that are freelancing on defense, well, he's going to make you pay for that mm-hmm. at some point. Or you're too aggressive going after the quarterback. Well, you're going to pay with a screen. And two plays later, here it is. So that sort of stuff you appreciate. Uh, but that third and thirty-three from that game on, I really got to see the, the I guess the beauty and the genius of what they're trying to do offensively. Well, I think that game was kind of a turning point, too, just in terms of, okay, coming out of the bye week, how are you going to respond? Mm -hmm. You know, you've had a couple of really good wins. You had that Seattle loss at home. Then you go to Jacksonville. And at that that time... That was a dogfight to me. It really was. And at that time, nobody really kind of quite knew what Jacksonville would be. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, they had... uh, They, what, forced five interceptions off of Ben Roethlisberger the week before? was knocking safeties out. He was. (laughs) But I don't know that anybody really believed that that Jacksonville would win that division in the Mm -hmm. AFC South. And so you go in there to their house, you take the opening kickoff back, and then, of course, you know, Lyndon Fournette breaks away for 75 yards. But you block a punt, you get Mm -hmm. a touchdown that way. Defense and special teams really contributed to that win in a big way. And then you go to London and you beat the snot out of the Arizona Cardinals 33-0. And then, you know, you have that week off and you might Mm -hmm. be feeling yourself a little bit and, you know, you say trap game, whatever that might mean. And then you go into New York, New Jersey, and you defeat them and the Giants the way you did. Like that to me was like, oh, this team is for real. Um, One of the things we learned during that 99 year, even before that with Dick Vermeil was um, how to make playoff teams. This is before we actually turned the corner. So we were one of the also-rans and he was trying to teach us how to be a winning football team and then a playoff football team. And he used to read these things off to us every single day. And one of the things that stood out was what makes a playoff team. Playoff teams keep losing teams losing. Yes, I remember you saying this last year. New York was struggling. Yes. So you should go there and dominate. Uh, you, you can't give them any life at all. Yeah. And I think that's what that team did coming off a of bye week. So, yes. I mean, if you weren't impressed with Sean McVay, at least I was coming off that bye week. You can take a team to Jacksonville, stay in Jacksonville, go to, go to London, beat Arizona like you did, then take a week off and then come back and perform as well as you did versus New York in New York. That, to me, is phenomenal. Give the players credit. 
But give the coaches credit, too. If there's any reason I think that the Rams will be able to handle the expectations of this season, it's things like that, like mm -hmm. Sean McVay, where he handles the attitude of this team and just preaches the process of one day at a time, one day at a time. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. Make sure that your processes are focused on daily improvement and daily excellence. And if you've ever heard a McVay press conference, yeah. I'm sure you have heard those two phrases. I've heard Les Snead say it. I try to bring yes. it home. Uh, just win the day. <laughs> I do. Just yeah. try to win the my, no. my daughter's worried about the SAT. She's worried about college. I mean, all this stuff is 12 you know, 16 months off. Hey, just win today. Yes. Just worry about today. We'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. But today is today. And it helps. She gets out of the car, she's happy. Yes. Yeah. It's true. And, like, there is, um, like, McVay put up this pyramid in the uh, the team meeting room now. Mm -hmm. And it basically is, like, laying out the coaching philosophy. We Not Me is in the middle of it. You know, daily improvement, daily excellence is mm -hmm. on there. The standards are on there. All I this. miss that stuff. It's I, I yeah. honestly, I had I our I had our graphic designer print it out and put really? it on my desk. I because do. I positive think that affirmations. I miss it. Those yeah. those things to me they translate not just from football, but anything you do. If you focus yeah. on daily improvement and daily excellence, you're going to get better at it. You block you, out distraction. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could be wanting to lose weight. You, daily improvement, daily excellence. Well, well, that's what I, I mean. I need positive. Reinforcement every day. You're beautiful, DeMarco. Thank you very much. See, but that's not helping. That's a lie. <laughs> that's an absolute lie. <laughs> I don't know. Or you could spend like a bunch of money on a personal trainer like I just did. I'm like, not going lipo. It's then, not going to work. Oh, nope. Nobody asked you to I'm do just, that. I thought I you were going lipo. I personal trainer. I got Kanye in the brain. I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah. Let's, we you don't said need lipo. To go. I'm sorry. Anyway. We don't need to go there. Yeah. Either. Have you heard the one about the lion and the, the is the lion and the, the wish and the, the wardrobe? The lion and the gazelle, right? Is that the one? What are you what, talking every about? Every morning in Africa, a lion wakes up, and he must be faster than the fastest gazelle. Oh! Than the slowest gazelle, or something like that. Yeah, in order to eat. Unless he uh, he's going to die. And every morning the gazelle wakes up, he must be faster than the yes, slowest lion. Whatever the it is. slowest lion yeah, or something um, like that. But the bottom line is, every morning when the sun comes up, you better be running. Yeah. That's what I saw every day walking into the building. Yeah. Yeah, I miss that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I wish I could do that every single I would I would put that on my walls if I could. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't. I'm married. That's not going to work. You can't. It is put it. it's very like you can't especially for us who go over to the facility so often and seeing everybody get better day by day. Yeah. You can't just like go back home and sit on your couch and like Binge watch three seasons of something. Like, no, you're just it, like, what did I can't. do today? Yeah, <laughs> it makes you feel bad about yourself, right? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. these yeah. guys are working. I should be working too. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. No, that's the way I feel about it. That's that's why I've now done this. Personal and I heard training. you have a trainer. Yeah, really? I do. Kick his, his ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> that your message for my trainer? Kick his butt. I'm going that's... to I'm going to play that for my trainer Thank next you. time I go. That's yes. funny that you yes. say that. No quarter, none. Yes. If he says he's tired, add two more reps. <laughs> he usually adjusts the the different exercises to like Oh good. You know, what I can and am clearly struggling with. So I could bet you now thirty push ups for a hundred bucks? Oh no. We're gonna do this again. I'm just asking. You I got a know. trainer now. I, I do. I I should be better. Okay. I should be able to okay. get thirty push ups. Next between the horns. Yeah. Next right. between Next the between horns, the we'll horns. do it right here. Live on Rams mailbag. Right here. Yeah. Miles yes. and thirty push ups. Thirty push ups for a hundred bucks. Just tilt the camera. And he got to twenty seven. Was it twenty seven or twenty six? I no, I got to twenty seven the last he time. He got to twenty seven. And twenty eight you couldn't get up. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's the that's the hardest thing to me though, like the the push-ups. Yeah, like what we've been doing. And I don't know if anybody really gives a crap about my workouts, but this is we're what gonna we're going to talk out. about. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
But like we've been working on um, like a steady ball. And so oh, sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll have me like try to do push-ups off of that. So there was one day I did bench and I wasn't doing that much on the bench because we were doing supersets. So we would like bench like eight reps or something and then go on to the, the steady ball and like try to push yourself up off of that. Like your hands are oh, pretty close to get you yoked. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm like. Who are you trying to fight, man? What's going on with you? Nobody. Okay. I hey. just want to look better for myself. Look out, Matt. Miles Swollen's coming at you. you. Look out, no. Matt doesn't live with me anymore, so he'll be okay. <laughs> I do run into him at the gym, though. That's true. I see him. Yeah. I see him getting his work. Yeah, I, Matt, I see you over there. Yeah. I think yeah, you I'm might be two hundred and fifty on the bench, maybe. Uh, at, at like my peak in high school, oh, okay. I was at like two seventy five. Swollen up over there. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. No, I like. Yeah. So we we see each other at the gym all the time. Nice. Shout out to Twenty Four Hour Fitness. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, I'll come work out with you guys. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Let's yeah. go right now. I'm also, really sponsorship's gonna love that plug. See, so. I, that's why I did it. <laughs> you didn't have to say it, Matt. We could have just let it be organic. So organic, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, what else can we talk about? Uh, well, you know, we, we didn't finish really talking about the schedule, and I did want to bring up the fact that, like, this schedule. You were we're talking about travel. Um, oh New yeah, or- we have two New Orleans trips, mm-hmm. which is cool, mm-hmm. um, and we also have that long Baltimore trip where mm-hmm. they are going to be practicing with the Baltimore Ravens. The details of that have not quite been worked out, but that's going to be it, interesting. It, it yeah. will be very interesting. Mm-hmm. We might get some chain snatching. Crabtree is on the Ravens now. Uh, I, ho- I hope, for the love of God, I hope they bury the hatchet. Just play. Oh, come foot- on. Just play football. Boo. Just play. Football. It's competitive enough. It's gonna be practice. Those, okay. Those those um, joint practices though in training camp they get heated a lot. Of course they do, especially when you're bringing built-in already, beefs. Yes. Yeah. But I just mean from the standpoint. I mean, like you were there when Rams and Cowboys were practicing. And yeah. Wallops started okay. happening so, last year. Rams Chargers. It's just I think it just it creates a situation where. Like you've got two teams, they they are finally seeing a different color. They're finally seeing an opponent. Like you don't want to yeah. do that. You between... get to unload on some other yeah. people, right? Yeah. Okay, but just going back to the first brawl with the Cowboys, what did you get out of that? What? As a football team, both both sides, what did you get out of a brawl like that? Maybe you came a little closer together. I don't know. You think? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, you're probably lucky that no one broke their hand. Oh, for sure, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Especially when a wide receiver named Des Bryant was trying to fight people with helmets on. True. Well, Well, Why are you doing that? There was another corner that was in his ear. Oh, yeah, it's another player that no longer plays that's, for their team. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So what, what do brawls really do? That was that was so... Fun for the crowd. It was fun for the crowd. Yeah. I, and I, we can tell this crowd story. Crowd loves car wrecks. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's why people watch NASCAR, right? The the funny thing about that practice, training camp 2015, mm-hmm. Des Bryant was not practicing that mm-hmm. day. Do you remember this? So Absolutely. They like were it was doing, yesterday. Yeah, they were doing one-on-one routes, right? And Trumaine Johnson and Des Bryant are just yammering at each other, just John back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And Des is not practicing. I think he had a hamstring injury or something. <laughs> and Des is like trying to get in the line mm-hmm. so that he can go against True. And Jason Garrett is like, dude, get back. Mm-hmm. Just step back. And like at that time, Tony Romo was still the quarterback. So Tony wasn't like saying very much, but he was involved as one quarterback would be. He was chirping back. He was. Mm-hmm. But you really had a lot going on between True and Des. At that oh, time. yeah. I was standing next to Will Witherspoon and I said, this will get out of hand. 
and within seven minutes, the whole place turned into a brawl. Bang. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It did. Yeah, yeah. It's For me, it started when Tremaine took his helmet off. Yeah. During a drill. Yeah. That's what you don't do. Right. Yeah. Why are you doing that? Because there's no one out here that can stop me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's also true. That turned out to be true. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, that's that's something. I don't know, I don't know how much we'll really see of no. that. I bet both coaches are just looking for good work out of their teams. Yeah. yeah. And the, the interesting thing, too, is this is going to come a little earlier in training camp, too. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think we maybe have like a week-ish of training camp, mm -hmm. and then go to Baltimore, and then a couple practices there, and then that Thursday game against the Ravens, and then we'll come back here, and then we'll probably have a few more practices in Irvine um, before that second preseason game against the Raiders that happens at Be the Coliseum. Uh, someone else asked me about the late bye, and I said, to me, that's kind of where you want it. I, I think it's great. Yeah, because you can, you can rest up and then gear up for the remainder of the season exactly. and roll right through it. Right. Well, right. You have the early Thursday night game, Rams-Vikings. Mm -hmm. It's going to kick off the Fox Thursday night slate. That's going to be interesting, and that's going to be at the Coliseum. It's going to be a cool deal mm -hmm. um, to have that Thursday night game at the Coliseum, especially if the atmosphere is anything like that Atlanta game. Oh, yeah. That Which was incredible. For Thursday night in L.A. is basically Friday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what they it, tell me. I it's don't really going to go be raucous. Much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No so doubt. you have that, and then... Um, then you have the Monday night game in Kansas City for the, before the bye, mm -hmm. and that was the week of Thanksgiving. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. That's uh, JB told me. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be the first time I'm going to spend Thanksgiving with my family in four years. I'm coming. So that's awesome. Are you? you oh, wanna, I'm you inviting myself. You want to fly to Cleveland I'm just for that? I'm inviting myself. Let's go. Yeah. Well. <laughs> you think the Chiefs will just let me on their charter back? No. So you <laughs> no. Probably not. Not wearing Rams colors, no. Yeah. I, no, you're, no, you're going to have to like stow away in a, in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> wow, or something of that nature. Um, but there are there are marquee games on the schedule. There are marquee games on the slate. It's going to be. I mean, you knew that because of the opponents that were coming in anyway. Oh yeah. But the fact that the Rams got five primetime games, it just it speaks to the yeah. way this thing is going. I mean, your your Q rating is is going up. And I didn't see the entire top one hundred. All I saw was Whitworth was eighty seven, and maybe Johnny Hecker. Uh, he they said Hecker is 152 in terms of players. This Hecker year. is 152. Yes, but he, he was is. voted best punter. Yes, he is. So, the the, best so we just don't value punters. Yes, oh, that's fair. Okay. I mean, there, he's a punter. I love Johnny, but I mean, would you? There are uh, there are thousands of players in the league. And okay. You try to get to 100. I just remember football people. That's who I listen to. I remember when the Rams went to New England and, and who's Bill the Belichick, only guy Bill Belichick talked about? He talked about, he didn't talk about Danny and other people that weren't on the the Patriot, the, the Rams or the Patriots. He, I'm making a joke and it's, I know. it's not landing he right. But yes, he Johnny talked about Hecker. Johnny Hecker and right. he's called him a weapon. Right. That guy is a weapon. Yes. He is a weapon. He was something that could, he was something that can keep the New England Patriots from victory. Because of how well he could punt. Well, that's what he did to the Jets in that particular season. Exactly. And the lead of my game recap was about a 78-yard punt. Is yeah. that how far it was? Oh, yeah. Well, my point is, if Johnny Hecker can't make the top 100, then no punter ever will. Well, there are very few punters in the Hall of Fame, so it's... Right. Yeah. If that guy isn't a part of your top 100, that guy... There will never be a punter in the top he 100. He is the best punter in the league. Mm -hmm. I think he got overshadowed by... The Rams having successful offensive drives this year, whereas yeah. two, or two, three years ago, yeah. he's the only thing you talk well, think about, about on that side uh, of the ball. The, the best Ram day ever, you probably don't see Hecker. Mm -hmm. 
How many times did we see Hecker in New York in that game we were just talking about? When he he, he won was bored. I saw him a lot. He was right behind me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On the sideline, <laughs> yeah. doing nothing. Doing nothing. Yeah, cheering except, his well, guys on. He held for Greg Zerline and all true. those extra points. That's true. And all the field goals. Right. So that if that's when you see Johnny Hecker, that's great. That's you a like good the day. top 100? I do not actually. Okay. Why not? Um, because I'm not sure. It's an how unnecessary real it is. list. I think yes, it's an yeah. unnecessary list that is filler off-season content, which I understand. Yeah. From a you know a content creator myself, I understand that perspective of it. But I I just I find it to be an unnecessary list that does it. How much does it really mean? Uh, I mean, it's just a list. It's just to keep people talking. It is. Yeah. Um, but some guys deserve to be on that list, and I don't want to say people that don't deserve to be on that list are on that list, but. There are some guys that are really good. I mean, some great football players that just yeah. you never hear about or talk about, so they won't make those top 100 lists at all. And some of those guys are on this football team. Right. Yeah. Yes. One of them plays left guard. One of them also <laughs> plays a five technique. Could be. Michael Brockers? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He, he could be on that top 100. Yeah. yeah. Roger Saffold is the other person that yeah. we were talking about to mention him by I name. don't know how they compile those things. But they say yeah. players vote on it, I, but play, you know, people you talk to, like, I've never voted. I've never voted. Oh, man. Which is why, like, it yeah. just, I don't know who is voting on it or mm -hmm. how those things all get tallied and determined. Well, I don't know how other teams used to do it. When we did the Pro Bowl, like when we have to vote for Pro Bowlers, yeah. we took it seriously. We weren't trying to just put our guy in. Yeah. Some people will vote for Joe Bag of Donuts just right. to make sure their guy gets in. But, you know, if you're good, we're going to say you're good. Yeah. That's the way it should be. Yes. No, and I agree with you. But, yeah, Whitworth is there at 87. They, I think it's over the next six or so weeks. Mm -hmm. They then reveal the rest of the top 100. So nice. I would assume that there are going to be at least two players, more players on that list from the Los Angeles Rams, probably three. Goff? Yeah, Goff would be my third, the other two being. So he'll be ahead of Whitworth. Because that's only because I mean, he's right. a quarterback. That's what I mean, right, right, right. right. Yeah, right. exactly. But, yeah, 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 the other two being Goff and, uh, excuse okay. me, um, Donald and Gurley. Hmm. And they've, I mean, those two are you, you, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. You would assume that they have to be somewhere in that top 25 range on that list. Yes. Farrell Cooper would be 101. I don't know. <laughs> I think Farrell Cooper. I would, I would say, I mean, All like, if we're. All pro return specialists? Come on. If we're really doing that, like, from special teams ranking, like, I, I this is a silly thing to do. But, okay, what? like, if Johnny Hacker would be 152. Farrow Cooper is probably 153, and Greg Zerline would be 150. The NFL's leading point scorer? Greg I was going to say, like, he should be. See, this is the problem with top 100. Right. right. Exactly. Right. We, have, we have definitely come to that of problem. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I hope they don't do away with kickoffs altogether. It seems like that's the way the wind is blowing. I, because, that, I mean, that's the game. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I, that's kind of the way I feel about it, too. I like the mechanism of leave it up to the receiving team. Interesting. Yeah, leave it up to the receiving team. Fair catch it. If you fair catch it, you get the ball at the 25, 30, what have you. But right. I, I think the kickoff has to remain in the game. If you want to make it safer, great. Uh, if you want to make it so that you don't have to return the thing the way it is now, but just make it a little bit easier, um, give them the incentive not to return it. Yeah. Then so be it. But keep the kickoff in the game. Yes. I don't care how boring it is for people. Well, that I, is the game. Yes. No, I agree with you. And I still think that touchbacks should come to the 20 and not the 25. I think we mentioned okay. this at yeah, a, yeah. On I remember a previous that. Right. podcast. Um, but I want to I want to bring this up since you Go brought up the kickoffs from Jenny um, Vrintas. She writes for the Monday Morning Quarterback um, at Sports Illustrated. But she was tweeting this out 
Um, she said, as Troy Vincent said yesterday, the NFL plans to make changes to the kickoff for 2018, but not eliminate it. So special teams coaches around the league collaborated on a proposal to modify and make the play safer by reducing some of the play's space and speed. So language of the proposed rule change is still being finalized before vote at May meetings, but changes would include no running start for kicking team, no wedge, and only three players deep. Well, you can't wedge now anyway. Right. Yeah, you can't wedge anymore. No running start for a kickoff team? Yeah, so I guess that they would have to be lined up at the 35 instead of at the 30 and not get the five yards. Okay, that's fair. See, I like that. But if you eliminate kickoffs altogether, kickoffs and kick returns, I don't recognize the game anymore. Right. Yeah. I think you should keep the game the way it is, but you can make it safer. If you want to make those guys line up on the ball and then start running as he kicks it, Fine. Yes. Uh, that slows everybody down. That will slow down some of those impacts. Great. Make mm -hmm. that safer. But you just can't do away with it. I, I agree with you. No, I don't want to see the kickoff done away with. I like the kickoff as yeah. as a uh, as a part of the game. Yeah. I think it is an essential part of the game. Man, I can't. Th that used to be the fun for me, Miles. I'm I'm serious. All levels when you're not on kickoff or kick return. Oh heck yeah. Yeah. When, <laughs> well, that's number one. But when you're not on kickoff, kick return, and you're staring across from the guy you're about to play. Hmm. Yeah. That to me is fun when the defensive unit is here and their offensive unit is there. Yeah. Love it. That, I mean, that to me that that. That's what it's all about. I just remember being in high school when I played, and it, it was when you were no longer on the special teams units, yeah. that's when you really started to feel like, oh, man, I made it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I did not like kickoff or kickoff return, A, because I couldn't tackle people. I did do kickoff return a bunch. And my sophomore year, it was our second game of the season, and it was the first game we played under the lights. They had just put up lights mm -hmm. at our high school. So they at some point, I think it was just before halftime, the uh, opposing team had just scored, so they're kicking off to us. And I'm lined up like second player from the outside mm -hmm. on the left, mm -hmm. right? And I'm in the front line. So as it always says, look, we've got to watch the ball go over your head, right? Right. So they decide that they're going to kind of onside kick it. They kicked it right to me. Fielded it, went back in the womb, waited nice. until I got touched down. Nice. We had the possession. Nice. You so, know how they pick guys like that, right? Oh, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just saying. I know. What number were you wearing? I was wearing 74. Oh, rocket right to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As they should How much did you weigh? At that time, probably 175, Kick it to 74. Yeah. Kick it right to 74. Yep. He doesn't want it. Nope. I didn't want it, <laughs> but I fielded it anyway. That's right. I take. I, I like to say, you I take him. coaching pretty well. You yeah. showed him. Absolutely. So, yeah. There is that. My first kickoff ever was in the league. Really? Yes. Uh, against New England. And uh, shout out to Toby Wright, the hardest hitting safety I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm trying as hard as I can to get down there, and I'm with skill guys, so yeah. I'm behind. So I saw the play unfold. The guy's coming right at me, and it seemed like he just got converged on at the same time, high and low, and Toby hit him in the face with his helmet Oof. and broke his jaw Yo. right in front of me. Oh, my gosh. I mean, within two yards of me. You know what I thought right then? I have got to get a sack tonight. <laughs> I've got to get off this <laughs> kickoff team. Yeah. Did you? Did you get a yes, sack that I am getting off kickoff. It's dangerous out here. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes. Right in front of me. Oh, my God. No, I don't I think him. he was a second-round pick, too. Mm -hmm. Guy they had high hopes for. And after that hit, he was never the same. Gosh. 
Oh yeah. Well, that then dangerous that, shot. I think that's exactly. You're you're basically speaking to the point of why they want to make that play a little bit safer. Well, that was the old school where you can actually wedge. So right. sometimes you'd have a fast guy that was like an L1 or R1. That's the guy right next to the kicker. Oh, that's not the button on my PlayStation. No, no. I mean, and they let that guy run free right into four guys. Yeah. It's just who wants that job? Right. Yeah. No way. Wedge. His job was wedge buster. Mm -hmm. That means put your head down and run through four people. Yes. Good luck. Yeah. Absolutely. I hope you can remember your name by 40. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. But that guy is actually the announcer for the Arizona Cardinals now. He's oh, doing, really? He's doing quite well. Oh. Yeah. Well, good. Ron Wolfley. That's, that <laughs> is something I'm glad to hear. All right. Before we get out of here, I do want to mention this because I didn't mention it when we had our draft podcast. We've been talking about a bunch of random things today. Yeah. I, I liked this podcast. Fun. I yeah. thought it was fun. and like I, Football. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of just different topics. I don't know. What do you think, Matt? That's what the offseason is all about. I, I think so, too. Well, I mean, early May. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. This is this is where we are. Uh, yes. Hey, the, the Rams will not be holding a rookie minicamp this year. Did you hear that? Good. Instead, that means no coaching change. Right. Yeah. Yes, it does. And not only that, but it, I think it's a good change because you get so many soft tissue injuries in these mm -hmm. things. You remember Dante Fowler a couple oh, of years yeah. ago? Yeah, yeah. Jaguars rookie minicamp comes in, top 10 pick, boom, he's out with an ACL injury because they're going too fast. And so I, I think that's a good change. You're going to try to integrate these rookies as smoothly as possible into the off-season program, and then they'll go from there. Um, but I did want to talk a little bit about going to Coachella because I did that this year. Yeah, how was it? It was really interesting, and it was really, really, really fun. Tell me about it. I, I don't know. I have never been. It's, it's very, I don't want to say it's dirty, but, like, there's a lot of dirt so, like, you always see pictures of people who are there and they're wearing bandanas, like, around their nose yeah. and mouth. And I feel like I probably should have done this more. Because, so it's dusty. Yes, that's, oh, that's what I Oh, not dirty, it's dusty. It's dusty. Okay, makes sense. Um, because it's, you're in the desert. But okay. I had a really good time. You know, I was with one of my really good friends from high school. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a bunch of his friends that he'd been in an acapella group with. Nice. Um, but when he was in college, so... From that perspective, like, I got to be around people who actually know music really wow. well. So we wow. we saw, like, a bunch of different bands. But it is so tiring. And this is a very first world problem thing. It's tiring? Oh, it's so tiring. Walking? Yes. Okay. You're standing for so many hours, you know? And basically what we did was I got there Thursday night after work, so we were staying at this house because mm -hmm. I was not camping, which I'm sure you could have guessed. <laughs> okay. Yes, because his idea of camping is room service. Anyways, it is. Yeah, yeah. I was not staying in a tent in a car. <laughs> you kidding? The people who <laughs> in a zombie apocalypse, he's a zombie. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Oh, maybe I'll try to get a baseball bat. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I yeah. wow. intent. I, no I tents, I'm, man. I'm surviving. Yeah, but yeah. it was a really nice house. So yeah. at a pool and everything. But what we would do is, you know, you spend the day sort of chilling at the pool. Yeah. Then you go to Coachella. You do the Coachella thing. And you see a bunch of bands and the artists and whatnot. And then you come back. And because it takes like a for, it takes forever and a day to get out of there. And then you got to kind of wait for your shuttle. And by the wow. time you get back to your house, it's like 2 in the morning, maybe 3 in the morning. Um, it was almost 4 in the morning the night Beyonce performed. Nice. So then what we do is we like get in the hot tub. And you, you the pups are barking, right? Your right, feet right. hurt. Right. You just soak them. You you have another beer, you start talking, and then it's like a family show, Miles. Yes. Okay. I can say beer. No, we can. As long as it's Corona. Yeah, I was box. gonna say I yeah. had a Corona. <laughs> 
and uh, multiple Coronas. The nice. Coronas were excellent nice. over the course of this weekend. Nice. And, you know, you chill. And then you kind of do the whole thing again. But by the time you got, like, Beyonce was as amazing as everybody is saying she was. Wow. Like, I, I've seen Beyonce in concert three times before that, now four times. And so I, and the other good thing about this schedule is that the Rams are home in week three and Beyonce is performing at the Rose Bowl oh, with Jay-Z. the Jay-Z. Yeah, the night uh, before. And I bought tickets to that. Nice. And I was like, man, I hope I can attend yeah, this. Yeah. I was a sold tickets. Well, yeah. you can't leave early. No, I know. <laughs> I'll be tired that, that Good. game. What's uh, the name of that tour? Is it, I think it's the On the Run Is it On the Run tour. again? Okay, all right. Uh, part two tour. Wow. On the Run part two. Nice to be single. He can go anywhere he wants. Yeah. I got in trouble because I, I well, didn't want to go to that. So You didn't want to go to Beyonce? I don't have one. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'll take her. She can. Wow. Have, we'll have a great time. I think the funniest <laughs> thing you told me was I didn't know this because I love the song. Portugal the Man is actually... Yes, it's it's a dude. Portugal the man was, is a man. I thought it was clever. Also saw Portugal the man there too. Yeah, yeah I thought they were was, great. They were great. Yeah. I thought it was clever. I thought that was a lady. Yeah, that that's actually a guy Ooh, singing that high. I'm a rebel just for kicks now. Wow. Um, okay. What was your like? Who was your favorite act or group to see that wasn't like a huge name? Yeah, besides Beyonce, who definitely was my favorite. I I like Tank and the Bangas. They are a group from New Orleans. It's um, an African American woman, and she like she sort of reminds me She's of tank? Sharon Jones. Yeah, I like it. Sort of like Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, um, but different. Uh, it's sort of hard for me to explain, but I really is she liked... tankish. Yeah, a little. Okay, because tank is reserved for short. Yeah, short guys that look stocky. like tanks. Yeah. Okay. No, but she could she could really sing. Her yeah. band behind her was really really excellent. Awesome. So I really liked her. Um, I saw Miguel, and I didn't realize I didn't know any Miguel songs, but I knew zero of the songs he performed. But I really enjoyed his performance. He can sing. Yes. Yeah. He can really really sing. He was on his way up until he jumped over and kicked a fan oh. by accident. Yeah, and that kind of derailed him. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. What, that yeah. He was on his way up. Songs. Right. That, um, was, that was a problem. I really liked Cardi B. I think Cardi B is delightful. Oh, her and her little baby. Yeah. Yeah. She just, I think she's so fun. Is she like really tiny? Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. And we weren't yeah. that close for her because she was on the main stage. Yeah. But I I, I just, I think she's so fun. Uh, that Bodak Yellow, everywhere we went when that played in the stadium, both teams were getting down to it. Yeah. Every, I mean everybody, top to bottom. I don't dance yeah. now. No, I make money move. The number one song if in the I country. If I see you and I don't speak, that means I don't bleep with you. I that like it. is my favorite line of I the like song. It. I like it. I love that. Yes, sir. Um, what else, who else did we see? Portugal the Man was good. I liked The weekend. Everybody else in our group besides me and my friend wanted to see Jamiroquai. Yeah. So they like all went and see Jamiroquai. I'm like, I like The weekend, man. But you had to he, choose? Yeah, because they were all at the same time. Oh, that's Because I would have liked to have seen Jamiroquai, too, but I'm like, I mean, The weekend's the headliner. How do you play them both at the same time? That's, there, that stinks. There's like six or seven, maybe eight different stages. And there's acts going at the same time. Yeah, all that day, That place basically. is that big? Yes. Where the music doesn't just... Sometimes it kind of does. It crosses over, okay. But if wow. you're on the main stage and like, I don't know, there, there are different things. But no one's performing when Beyonce's on. Pretty much no. Okay. So somebody actually was performing when... I think there was like a, maybe at the end of their performance oh. when Beyonce was starting. How do you get that draw? Uh, yeah, you're going to perform when Beyonce's on stage. Yeah, good yeah. luck with that. Yeah, invite your parents. The, yeah, right? <laughs> right? Exactly. Those are the only two people right. who are going to be in the audience. Yeah, you got to be you got to be some kind of hipster to be like, you know, I'm not going to watch Beyonce. I'm going to go to this band, Beyonce. It depends man. on what the other options are. 
Okay? I mean... Really? You wouldn't go see Beyonce? I, I, I'm just... It depends on what the other options are. I'll say this, man. Getting a hundred, a uh, hundred, like, a member band and dancers and everything on and off the stage the way that she was doing it in that performance, it was, it was mind-boggling. Wow, wow. I mean, the horns that came in when they started playing Crazy in Love and, like, you have basically a marching band that is on stage. Wow. It, it was... It was a little overwhelming. They said she wrecked Coachella. Yeah, no, yeah. she did. Yeah. She did. I mean, basically, it was by the time Eminem performed Sunday night, and they do things a little earlier on Sunday mm -hmm. so you can kind of get out of there. But by the time Eminem started performing, I was looking around and everybody else was like, can we go? Tired. Oh, yeah. I have, I, did he do his like old stuff, or is it just like post-sobriety? You know, it's, it's a really good question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'll tell you what and I saw. And that answer is that. <laughs> I'll tell you what I saw that he did. Um, he brought out 50 Cent and 50 Cent did In the Club. Oh, nice. So I felt like I saw the most important part of that performance. That was the most important part? To me, it was. You're not a fan of Eminem, are you? I said that I'm oh. not a fan. Oh. It's that, like, if he had been, if it had been the weekend, I probably would have been like, I really want to see this. Oh, okay. But at that point, like I said, it's so tiring and you're out there for so long. It's just kind of like. You're making my feet hurt. Right. right now, you're making my feet. I know. There's nowhere to sit. You guys didn't bring in like a blanket. Well, because or like, uh, can you bring like chairs? You can't. Well, I don't think you can bring chairs, but you can bring like a blanket and stuff. But like, if you're waiting for Beyonce, for instance, we wanted to be relatively close, and so basically, we had to go at the end of I don't know. I don't even remember who was performing there, but we were at the main stage for Tyga, Tyler the Creator, who is one of my favorites. He's he's really angry and like yeah. I'm worried about he's him. Very no, angry. but like I I tried to talk to him about him a few years ago. Like you gotta listen to like his stuff in a certain order and you'll figure it out. I mean, I felt like wow. watching his performance, wow. I figured it out and like he. I feel like he needs to talk to a professional. I don't know who he who he's upset with. That's what I don't get about right. Tyler the Creator. I don't know who you're he, mad at. Is I, it just life? Period. He just says he like he wilds out of, out at his shows and he likes to have a good time. He's not okay. he's not angry. He just okay. he's just having fun with his friends. Like it's skaters, dude. Like they just they okay wreck stuff See, and maybe rock, he's not angry, but he seems angry. Rock man. rap. I, I the know. anger comes from a th they're angry at authority. Yeah, I get that. When I hear Tyler, I'm like, who am I mad at? Just being born. And yeah, because <laughs> sometimes that's what it felt yeah. like. A lot of times, I mean, like, what did it, it started with, like, people trying to to label him and stuff, and he's like, you uh, can't label me. Like, I'm just, I'm me. I'm not yeah. going to fit into any of these okay, genres. Right. Okay, Which is fair. Yeah. yeah and, I, I mean, identify with that. Yeah. yeah. It was certainly yeah. an interesting performance. And a lot of it, I mean, you know, growing up without knowing who his father is, and, you know, he's got a lot of, it's just him and his mom, so... You just maybe that's it. Okay. Yeah. 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 That sounds like personal. Yes. Yeah. Okay. At least we, Eminem we can... told me who he was mad at. Yeah. I'm mad yeah. at my mom. Is, right. Well, mm -hmm. and Kim. It, there are several <laughs> songs. He's got a song named Kim and a song named My Mom. Right, so I mean, right, he's right. pretty yeah, out. He says pretty direct. Me. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll try Tyler. I'll go from the beginning. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, we'll talk later. Okay. Yes. Right. So anyway, we saw them as we we got to wrap this up because we're starting to now. Well, we don't. We can keep talking. We can go as long as we want. We can. Yeah. I mean, but I'm going to be respectful. This is probably going to be a shorter podcast, direct quote from Miles 30 minutes before we started the I show. Definitely. And there told is an edit that. button. Oh, yeah. 
I know. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I've really enjoyed this podcast. Absolutely. I like talking about yeah, just different things with you guys. I have a lot of fun doing it. Um, but anyway, so we saw Tyler, the creator. Then we like moved up a little bit at the main stage. Then there was a DJ, and I can't remember who it was. Um, and then we moved up a little bit more, and then there was this group, Haim, and they're like, three sisters who are from the San Fernando Valley, so, like, they're kind of my homegirls. They're talking yeah. about Ventura Boulevard, and I'm like, oh, I live yeah. by there, so I know what you're talking about. Um, and they played, but the reaction from the crowd was so interesting. I, one of the guys I was with was like, at one point, I saw somebody who was clearly just waiting for Beyonce, and they showed her on, like, the big screen or whatever, mm -hmm. and she just, like, had fist against her face, just leaning down, like, man, like... You ever seen that meme with the guy and he's just like oh, tapping yeah. his fingers and it's like, I'm not really enjoying this. I would just like Beyonce to start, like, please. Like exit the stage. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And that I like, gotcha. I sort of felt bad for him because of that. Like they clearly had a lot of fans That's at part the, of the stage. Yeah. Right, but yeah. they were not there for you. And then finally we got to see Beyonce. Nice. And there was a guy who, like I was, we were really pretty packed in like sardines and everybody, like we stood there basically for an hour. I couldn't sit People around me started sitting, and then, like, I was, like, in, I don't know, an 8 by 11 foot, like, piece of paper, basically, for my feet to stand, which was a little uncomfortable. So that's why your feet hurt even more. But then there was this guy. He comes up right before the concert. <coughs> Beyonce is, like, about to start. So she was supposed to come on at 11.05. She was a little bit late. But it was, I don't know, 11.10. And he starts walking through, and he's got his phone in his hand, and he's like... Oh, I'm looking for people. Uh. And then there was another woman who wasn't with us, but she was like, oh, this person? Oh, and she like put out a couple names and yeah. they were wrong, but she's like, oh no, her name is Ba. And he's like, oh no, I saw her. She went that way. Dang back, right. Dang that right. That way. Yes, And get then out. he's like, oh, well, uh. and then so he stopped, like right, there were a couple of women in front of me who were a little bit shorter than I am. I'm six feet, so I can kind of see. So he stops right in front of them and I was like, dude, you need to move move, move, and he was like, oh, well, I mean, I'm looking for blah, 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 and then he said something about, I can stand, like, in front of you since they're shorter, and I was like, I do not care how tall you are, and I <laughs> right. said something worse than that that I'm not going to repeat on this podcast. Right, I've, uh, I've yeah, heard you. I, I know, yeah, I know, I did, and yeah. then I basically kept telling him to move, and he finally moved. Good for you. And then the two ladies were like, thank you, like, I appreciate it. Nice. I like, yeah, I mean, like, we've been standing here for hours, I'm not just going to let somebody come in here and ruin he our cut time. the line. It's not I got happening. you. That's why they invented the bums rush. Yes. I, well, right. Yes. Exactly. All right. Any parting shots before we leave? Yeah. Um, um, well, I can't. Well, I guess I could. <laughs> um, you what? I, well, I told you I spent half the night, stayed up half the night deleting everything related to Kanye West. Oh, yeah. And I'm very comfortable with that. Yep. That's my parting shot. All right. Yeah. I think that's good enough for me. Yes. And I should probably go do the same exact thing. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Between the Horns. If you stayed with us for this long, we really appreciate it. And we always appreciate you coming and listening to our show and interacting with us on Twitter and everything and the like show, that. Miles. I'm I'm kidding there. In the show, Miles. I know. You can check out all our draft coverage on therams.com for our producer Matt for DeMarco Farah Miles Simmons. We'll see you next time. What was that? <laughs> <laughs>